Good morning, everyone. It's uh, such an honor to be with you this morning, to be able to share with you this morning. And I really trust that the message that I believe God placed on my heart uh, really speaks to you this morning. So at that time of year again, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. And Christmas is just around the corner. It's a really special time of year um, where we really celebrate something so significant. But about two and a half months ago, Zion and myself went grocery shopping and we are walking into Checkers and suddenly Zion stops dead in his tracks and his eyes become as big as saucers. And he says to me, Mom, Mom, all the Christmas decorations are up. Is it Christmas time? And I said, no, no, my boy. He said, when is it Christmas? I said, it's far away. It's like in two and a half months time. And he looked at me and he actually continued to walk through Checkers and say, but this is so confusing. Well, I don't know if it confuses you. It sometimes confuses me. But um, need needless to say, it's, uh, it's just around the corner. And uh, we were really excited to celebrate, um, to celebrate Christmas and specifically to celebrate Christmas with you. Just thinking about Christmas, it makes me think back to my childhood and all the different nativity plays that I was a part of. And I'm sure as you sit there and you think about your childhood, maybe you were a part of one or you've watched your children or you've watched your grandchildren and um, you can see the little sheep and you can see the wise men with their crowns and you can see the shepherds with their staffs and even the, the innkeeper going, no room in the inn. Uh, King Herod, just all the different characters of the story and, and telling us how all these different people respond to Jesus. And I wonder if given the opportunity today as an adult to audition for a Christmas play, what role would you audition for? You see, the narrative of Christmas is all about one thing. It's all about one person and that one person being Jesus and how all the different characters respond to Jesus. Well, today it's no different. Christmas is no different. It's all about Jesus and how we may respond to Jesus. And so this morning, I just, I want to take us back in history. I want us to take you back to the time of when all of this played out and all the different characters of this Christmas narrative and to show you how they responded to the news and then the birth of this newborn King Jesus. And then to ask you the question, time after time, how will you respond? And so this morning I want to start with King Herod. Now if I think back to those Christmas plays or those nativity scenes, I don't know about you, but King Herod is not the first character that comes to mind. I actually don't even remember him in the play, to be quite honest, but he's a significant role player. Just a bit of background about him. In 40 BC, at the age of 32, the Roman Senate named King Herod King of the Jews. But there was only one problem. He was not a Jew by birth, nor a Jew by religion. And so you can imagine that the Jewish nation had a real problem with this. He was a very clever king, but he was a very cruel king. And he ruled as king for over 40 years. And if anyone threatened his kingdom, threatened his rule, he had them taken out. He had them killed. And history records that he killed his brother-in-law, his mother-in-law, his wife, and his two sons. 
And it's at the age of about 72, 73, where they posed another threat to his kingdom, to his rule. And I want to take you to Matthew 2, verse 1, where we read, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? Well, you can imagine at that point, King Herod must have felt disturbed, confused, raged. What? He is the king of the Jews. What are they talking about, this newborn king of the Jews? And so he goes on to call um, the chief priests and the scribes to confirm or deny this information. And they go on to confirm that, yes, there has been the birth of a newborn king of the Jews. Well, his response, what has his response always been to a threat to his kingdom? Take him out. And he goes as far as to have all the, the, the boys under the age of two killed. It's a tragic, tragic moment. But he will not allow anything to threaten his kingdom. This was Herod's response to Jesus. And so this morning, my question to you is this. How will you respond to Jesus? How have you responded to him? How will you respond to Jesus this Christmas? Do we see him as a threat to our kingdom? Our kingdom where we are the boss, where we call the shots, where we have everything under control? Now, don't be like me. I wanted to quickly dismiss this example going, no, that has not been my response to Jesus. But get a little bit quiet and search a little bit deeper and think of the moments, not just these moments around Christmas, but our daily moments where we have responded like Herod, saying, leave my kingdom alone. The next group of people I want to speak about this morning are the chief priests and the scribes. Now again, they also don't stick out in my mind, in my memories of these Christmas plays, but yet they, they carry such a fundamental lesson for us to learn. See, the chief priests were the religious leaders of the day. They had been chosen by the people, called by God, and their job was to represent man before God. The scribes, they were like the lawyers of the day, so they really were schooled in the Jewish law, and it was their job to interpret and to teach this Jewish law to the Jewish people. And so you, you can imagine this group of men were a good group of men to call upon, that Herod called upon to come and explain to him what was going on. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. This was reading from Matthew 2, verses 1 to 6. 
So it's at this point that King Herod then says to the wise men, you go, you go find this king and come and report back to me and tell me where he is. But this is the last we hear of these chief priests and the scribes. And when you read the story, there's such an interesting contrast between the response of the wise men to the news and the location of where Jesus is and the response of these chief priests and scribes. You see, once they, had, they were in the right place to explain to Herod what was going on, but they held only head information. They had all the head knowledge, but lacked the faith or the interest or the urgency to get closer to Jesus. They were satisfied and comfortable with their current king and their current way of life. What is our response? You know, it's so easy as Jesus followers, it's actually even so easy as church leaders or religious leaders to slip into this place where we know the right things to say. It all sits in our heads, but sometimes it's so far from our hearts. We, we slip into an indifferent, apathetic place where we become so familiar with the truth that it ceases to move us to action. We miss out on coming into the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Do you relate to the chief priests and the scribes this morning? What will your response be? The next group of people I want to speak about this morning are the three wise men. The group we're really familiar with, dressed up smart, We've got that picture in our minds. Well, these are non-Jewish men from the East, so Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and they would have been learned and skilled in philosophy and astrology, so they really had an understanding of the stars. And they had identified this new star and knew from the prophecies that this new star indicated the birth of a new king. And this prophecy can be found in Numbers 24, verse 17. So they followed the star from the East, first to Jerusalem, and then further on. But what we don't realize is that they traveled over a thousand kilometers to find Jesus. When they found King Herod in Jerusalem, this was not enough for them. They continued on their journey because they knew they were looking for a new king. They were looking for the Messiah. It was only after two years that they found Jesus, and they didn't find him in the stable where we imagined him, well, where he was. They actually found him living with Mary and Joseph in a home. And reading from verse 9, I want to read it to you. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When these non-Jewish men came into the presence of Jesus, all they could do was worship him. In fact, their whole journey to him was a journey of worship. You see, worship will always involve searching, where we are called to search for Jesus with all our hearts. You see, when they arrived in Jerusalem, 
They didn't stop looking for Jesus. They met a king, but not the king they were looking for. They had an all-consuming drive to find this new king and to honor him. In Jeremiah 29 verse 13, it says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And so this morning, I want to ask, what lengths are you willing to go to to find Jesus? Sometimes we give up too early and we become satisfied finding another king where they find King Herod. But we need to continue searching to find King Jesus. When they came into the presence of Jesus, they gave. They gave gifts and they worshipped. In Romans 12 verses 1 to 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This truly is the way to worship him. They show Jesus' worth by the gifts they gave. This Christmas, what will you give? How will you respond when you come into the presence of Jesus? Will you even choose today to search for him with all your heart and to take that journey of worship? The last person I want to speak about this morning is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was the first to hear about this new king, this savior, this redeemer. She was a 13-year-old girl from Nazareth living under the, the rule of King Herod. There's a scripture that says nothing good ever comes out of Nazareth. She was poor yet hardworking. In Luke 1 verses 26 it says, An angel appears to Mary and announces that she is pregnant and will give birth to the Son of the Most High, the King of Israel. She was disturbed afraid and confused. Have you ever felt this way? She had a lot of explaining to do to everyone. How would anyone believe her? But instead of negotiating her way out of the scandal, her response was this. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be done to me according to your word. She responds with words of acceptance, not because she liked the task ahead of her, but because she trusted God. She demonstrated courage, obedience, and trust. She demonstrated courage, obedience, and trust. She had to trust that God would convince Joseph, and he did. She had to trust that God would take them to a place where she could safely give birth. And he did. She was not guaranteed of the outcome, but she trusted her God. She chose obedience over comfort, courage over fear. How will we respond to the news of Jesus? Will we be like Mary? Will we listen and obey? Trust in the plans he has for our lives. Choose quick obedience over our own comfort. As I draw to a close this morning, I want to ask you this question. 
How will you respond to Jesus this Christmas? Actually, I want to take it a little bit further. How will you respond to Jesus this Christmas and the next day and the next day and the next day? Will we be like King Herod, threatened that we will lose control of our kingdom, holding tight to everything that is ours? Will we be like the chief priests and the scribes who had all the information, they knew the right answers, but they weren't prepared to journey towards the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Or will we be like the three wise men who traveled for long, showed a determination to find this King, and when they did, they could do nothing more than worship Him? Or will we be like Mary, without knowing the final outcome, at the risk of being ridiculed or rejected, she accepted her mission, she responded quickly, she trusted, and she saw the favor and the protection of her God. When presented with Jesus this Christmas, there will always be a response. When presented with Jesus at any time, there will always be a response. I want to ask you this morning, how will you respond to him? Can I pray with you? Father God, I thank you that we really get to celebrate such a beautiful, beautiful time of year where we can remember the gift that you gave in Jesus, that he came to earth to be with us, to know what life is like here, so that he could die a death and pay the price that could bring us back to you. And so Lord, will you search our hearts at this moment and forgive us for the ways that we have responded in the past, where we've held onto control, where we've sought after our own kingdom, where we've become indifferent about our walk with you, where we haven't stopped everything and journeyed on a journey of worship. Father God, will you forgive us? And Lord, this morning, may we choose for today to serve you and acknowledge you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I pray, Lord, that as your word says, when we search for you with all our hearts, Lord, that as people do that, they may find you. They may find the newborn King of the Jews, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Lord, and that they may know you personally and intimately. And so, Father God, I just want to thank you again for this moment, Lord, that we can celebrate the birth of Jesus and especially celebrate what that means for us. And so we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining this morning. I trust that uh, this message has spoken to you. And please just know we are here for you. You can find all our extra sermons on YouTube. And please don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I trust that you have a really good day further.